So 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23 to 26. That can be followed on page 1162. Paul writing to the church in Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you'd like to stand with me, if you're able, for the reading of the Gospel. We're in John's Gospel this morning, chapter 6, verses 51 to 58. It's part of Jesus' uh, discourse around the bread of life. Page 1081. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. And so Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of a son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood remain in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so as we reflect on these holy mysteries this morning, Lord God, just inspire us and motivate us to live for you. Amen. I thought I'd approach things slightly, uh, slightly differently this morning. I started preparing and writing a sermon that you know, had a little bit of structure and order to it and possibly three points beginning of the same letter or anything of that sort of nature. But then I thought, actually, as we think about these holy mysteries, the bread and the wine, all they symbolise in terms of the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it's quite difficult to put a sermon together in that sort of ordered way. And it might be more helpful for us if we just had an opportunity to reflect this morning on some other people's thoughts, uh, things that they've been inspired by as they reflect on what both communion and also the death of Jesus means to them. And so I'll be using various readings and poems 
some may be familiar to you, uh, some may be new. But my hope is that this morning they'll enable you to approach the Lord's table this morning with an extra special sense of God's presence as we receive the bread and the wine. I was thinking back to um, when I was confirmed as a teenager, I'd become a Christian as a 16-year-old, and the following summer, with my faith meaning a lot to me, I was confirmed. And on that occasion, uh, my youth leaders gave me this little book. It's called Thanks and Praise, and it's a sort of companion guide to the communion service, and is full of all sorts of uh, poems and reflections and uh, bits of added scripture to inspire. So some of the thoughts this morning are drawn from there. And I was also thinking about those times when Holy Communion has, has particularly meant a lot to me. Times when there's been a real sense of God's presence as I've gathered together with others. Sometimes in the formality of a church service, sometimes in the informality, taking communion outdoors with friends um, overlooking a mountain or a great view and then I was thinking with Joe being on sabbatical I strongly remember the Sunday after I came back from my sabbatical four summers ago and I'd had three months away and was changing from being full-time here to part-time here and taking on the Hazemere role as well and that first Sunday morning I was taking communion and I remember standing just just here uh, about to present the bread place for this time. And I'm sure for all of us there'll be times when we've had a particular sense of God's presence as we've taken the bread and the wine. And what powerful symbols they are of God's love for us. And so I'll leave a little bit of space between each of the uh, reflections, but uh, I do hope they'll help you to think about what we're doing this morning and what it symbolises, because it is ultimately only a symbol of what God has done, but a very powerful one. So first of all, we're reminded of Jesus dying on the cross and what that means for us. A few words from the Pilgrim's Progress and John Bunyan. Christian ran till he came to a place somewhat ascending, And upon that place stood a cross, and a little below, in the bottom, a sepulchre. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up with the cross, his burden loosened from off his shoulders, and fell from his back, and began to tumble, and so continued to do, till it came to the mouth of the sepulchre, where it fell in, and it saw it no more. We come to the cross, our burdens are loosened and fall away as we know God's forgiveness and new life. (coughs) The Eucharist recalls the past, it is true. 
but it ever renews it, causing it to be actually present. It is a true remembrance of a past event in our Lord's history, but it does far more. It brings back the event which it recalls. It has power to make it an ever-living reality. The same presence is before us again and again, as real and true as when first vouchsafed in the night that he was betrayed. The Eucharist speaking of the past, the present and the future. And then some words which may be familiar from C.S. Lewis, from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. The rising of the sun had made everything look so different. But for a moment they didn't see the important thing. Then they did. The stone table was broken in two pieces and there was no Aslam. Oh, it's too bad, sobbed Lucy. They might have left the body alone. Is it more magic? Yes, said a great voice behind their backs. It is more magic. They looked around and there, shining in the sunrise, larger than they had seen him before, shaking his mane, stood Aslan himself. You're not... Not, not a... asked Susan. Aslan stooped his golden head and licked her forehead. The warmth of his breath and a rich sort of smell that seemed to hang about his hair came all over her. Do I look like it? he said. But what does it all mean? asked Susan. It means, said Aslan, that though the witch knew the deep magic, there is a magic deeper still which she did not know. Her knowledge goes back only to the dawn of time, but if she could have looked a little further back into the stillness and the darkness before time dawned, she would have read there a different incantation. She would have known that when a willing victim who had committed no treachery was killed in a traitor's stead, the table would crack and death itself would start working backwards. And then finally, a poem by, which I can't tell you who it's by because that page isn't here, <laughs> but it's a powerful poem. And it relates what happens as we take bread and wine with things that are going on in the world. At the time it was written, a couple of years ago, there'd been uh, a bombing in Brussels. There were problems in Yemen and Syria, Afghanistan and other places. And that's reflected. And we're reminded that as we take bread and wine, it's not just a memorial of a past act, but that Jesus' love for us, shown in his sacrifice on the cross, relates to the world we live in today, just as much as to the world 2,000 years ago. I am this broken and bleeding world. I am Brussels, blown apart, the strewn limbs, the piercing wail of a mother for her baby. I am Yemen, at the marketplace, charred bodies of children face down in the dust. I am Syria, families cramming into boats as guns and missiles chase them from the shore. 
I am Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, pockmarked by bomb blasts, orphaned children hiding away from clear blue skies. I am the growling of empty bellies, drowned by the sound of gold pouring into the bottomless coffers of the war machines as they devour their sustenance and spit out death in return. I am generation upon generation of silenced and vanished victim, buried in the ground and trampled. I am slain from the foundation of the world. Absorbing the fear and hate of thousands of years, I clothed myself in flesh and vulnerability and came back to my plundered home. I walked among those whose pain I had shouldered from the beginning of time, the cast off and thrown away. I took the leper into my arms. In, in my eyes, the used and exploited found their humanity reflected back to them. I opened the eyes of the blind. I fed the starving with bread and wisdom. I took the children on my knee. As I walked, I scattered the love in which I was born before time began. A sick and aching world takes time to heal. And in that time, fear moves fast. The powers that build their empires by exploiting divisions, only to reign in the sprawling chaos by uniting the deceived people against someone, have named me the enemy. So now I come to you, my friends, as we gather around this table, and you quarrel about who among you is the greatest. Don't you see it is this me-against-you attitude that has brought me here to the brink of my destruction? For one evening, let us put aside the bitter bickering and enjoy one last feast, one final fellowship. If you want to be great, cast off the shackles of self-doubt that choke out your love for each other. If you want glory, make it manifest in acts of service. I come among you, I come below you, washing your feet to show you love you've never known. You will never know how blessed and beloved you are until you let the love within you pour out to others. From the beginning of time I have seen brother set against brother, nation set against nation, selfishness erupt into violence, converging upon victim after victim all sprung from the same seed of desire for greatness against someone else. If you want to be great, be for others, even as I am for you. I am this broken and bleeding world. This bread is my broken body. This cup is my spilled blood. As it has been done to victims from the beginning of time, so it is done to me. I give my broken self to you. Take in my life. Let me nourish you with my love until the spirit of compassion bursts the old wineskins of your brittle hearts until you become a new creation. Let the body of my work become the work of your body. Embrace the outcasts. Reconcile enemies. Feed my sheep. Unite in me with me in you. I give my broken self to you. Only in coming together can the fullness of my life be manifest again. 
Let this bread bind you together. Let this wine wash away your divisions. I am broken for a broken world, a world that needs your love to be made whole again. Take me into you and become my body. Eat this bread, drink this wine. Do this in remembrance of me. Maybe there's one particular reading of those that speaks to you in some way. And I hope you'll hold on to it both as we come to the communion table this morning, but also as we go through this week, knowing that the blood of Jesus was not shed for nothing, but enables us to go and live for him and his world, free from guilt, free from sin and condemnation, secure in his love. Amen.